Hey, working mom, I'm Latika, a working mom with four young girls, a career and talent development professional, coach, and author. Ever since I overcame postpartum depression and got back to working my career vision, I have been on a mission to help working moms like you balance life and pursue their career goals or vision. In this podcast, I will share tips and inspiration on work and life balance, career growth, career planning, productivity, self-care, and so much more, including our faith and its importance as working moms. View this as your one-stop shop to lead and grow your career and balance it all as we go through life together. So as you are working around the house, on your lunch break, or during your commute, get ready to laugh, talk back to me, and learn something new to be the boss mom you desire. This is The Latika Vine Show. Hey, working moms, welcome to another episode of The Latika Vine Show. I'm so excited that you are here for another episode. And I'm equally excited for our guest today, um, who really has been an incredible, influential person in my life. I have met this guest. um, Actually, I've never actually physically met her, um, (laughs) but we have virtually met. um, I believe it was sometime in 2019. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we have um, been on this journal of really journey, I should say, making sure that we can um, definitely grow in our um, businesses, um, but also to grow professionally around other women. And so we both are a part of a phenomenal um, network of professional women. And we have been on this journey together of of growing, of learning, of meeting new people, networking. And so it just has been an honor to be with our guest um, as we continue to grow um, overall, just overall. So I'm just so excited to have Carmen with me today. So welcome, Carmen, to the Tika Vine Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I wish I had my applause machine because (laughs) it is amazing to be with the boss mom coach and talk to other moms out there that I'm just thinking to myself, who knew that we as moms, that sometimes we need a coach because we're trying to balance so many things. So thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. So Carmen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, wow. Nothing I like more. (laughs) (laughs) I am a women's wellness advocate. I call myself that because uh, I was at an event where it was a fashion show and beautiful women everywhere and women were being celebrated. And I sat next to a woman and she was telling me she was going through breast cancer therapy. She was at that stage where she was receiving chemotherapy. Chemotherapy is a very strong poison designed to kill the cancer cells, and sometimes it kills other cells. In the process of her training, of her treatment, she shared 
the administrator came in and said, you know, we didn't, Mrs. X, we did not get your insurance. And she said um, she had lost her job, so she didn't have coverage. So she told the administrator she no longer had insurance. The administrator turned on a heel and sent the nurse in and immediately they pulled the needle out of her arm. So right there in the middle of her treatment for survival from breast cancer, they stopped her treatment. And in my mind, I thought that is cruel and that is not what the physicians are supposed to do. And I just couldn't let it go. I will never forget her face. I will never forget when she told the story because she had nowhere else to go. And I thought, you know what? That's unconscionable. We're gonna to get to the bottom of this. And that's when my journey began as an advocate, as a person who will come alongside those in need to try to boost them up or lend my strength or lend my ability. And that's just what we do as moms, right? We're always there helping, Absolutely. right? So mm -hmm. that's how I started as a women's wellness advocate. I'm a scientist. I've been in the lab. I've worked in the healthcare industry for over 20 years. I've worked for GE Healthcare, worked for Roche Diagnostics. If you've ever had that little tube of blood or they stick the needle in and they shake it up and down and they send it off to the lab, I've been in that world with physicians, with pathologists, with oncologists, with hematologists, uh, with radiologists. They've been a part of my world for 20 years and I know the healthcare system in and out. It is a business, but in the middle of that, we are still souls who need care at times, we need help. So I use my education, my experience. I myself am a breast cancer survivor, 17 years. I just thought during the pandemic, that's it. I'm going full steam ahead to put all my passion, and everything that God has blessed me with toward this effort to help other women. It, it, not everybody's gonna be affected with breast cancer. They're just other challenges. Like I'm sure you as a mom, you must've had many challenges when the schools closed. What do you yes. think your kids? So back to you, Latika. Thank you for having <laughs> you tell me a little bit about myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And you're absolutely right. Um, when and I was and I was just having a conversation with my kids about the pandemic and how you know when March 16th came everything shifted in our lives and you know the things that we were we had planned for summer 2020 the things that you know we just had envisioned for the rest of the year all shifted um, and so absolutely, there's just some things that, man, we had to do for this pandemic. It, it's, it's amazing, but we, we're still here. Yeah. We survived. Yeah. <laughs> and doing well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you explain a little bit of why you're an advocate for women's health and, and I just love your story. I mean, it, it just brought chills down my spine of, I, can, I can't even imagine the young lady you described who is sitting there in the middle of her treatment. Right. And just because she did not have insurance, everything stopped. 
it, it right. to me that is so amazing and that happens every day, every day. <laughs> it happens every, every day. day so from that what have you been doing to to help other women to be an advocate for themselves what you know what efforts have you been put you know have you been putting out there or what research or what exactly are you doing to make sure that other women are an advocate for themselves? That's a great question. And thank you for it. It starts with, uh, I was that kid in school, raising my hand, teacher asked a question. I got both hands up. I'm wiggling in my seat because I just got something I want to say. Well, now I have something powerful to say and to help women. I'm that person in the grocery store and at the mall behind you asking you things, finding a way to get in a conversation with you to ask you, have you had your mammogram or have you had your women's wellness checkup? I'm that person. I open with that conversation everywhere. So that's just my normal. That's a part of my everyday speak. But then the other part, some of the efforts are I'm often a panelist and a keynote speaker to talk about women's wellness issues around breast cancer. That is where I'm the most qualified, but healthcare is healthcare and the principles apply all the way through. So some of the things that the efforts have been being able to be in a room and advise women of number one, at age 40, you need to get your mammogram. I wanna get that messaging out. Here are the facts. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime, in their lifetime, right? If you know eight women, just think about that. And we all have mothers, sisters, grandmothers, aunts, girlfriends. We know more than eight women. One in eight will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime, right? Here's another startling statistic. While African-American women and Caucasian women are diagnosed at the same rate, more African-American women tend to die from breast cancer, 42%. And finally, on the statistics, breast cancer is 95% curable, but it has to be found early. That's why you must get your women's wellness checkups and you must get your mammograms on time every year. Now we say, use your birthday. That way you never forget. So I'm a panelist, I'm a speaker, I'm now an author. During the pandemic, when things were slow, I decided to pen a book and it's called Looking Well Beyond Breast Cancer. I chose that title, Looking Well Beyond Breast Cancer, because when you hear those words, and I'll tell you my story, because everybody's got one. Mrs. Marshall, is your husband with you? Well, you need a ride home. I thought to myself, who is she talking to? The doctor was asking me this because they had found I had breast cancer. And normally when that news is delivered, people's world stop. But in my mind, I thought she had to be wrong. Couldn't be me, I was working out. I wore a dress in a single digits. I was always an avid, um, a good eater. Like I was never like a, a junk food type person. I took great care of myself. I just got married. I had my dream job. We had just bought a house. Everything was good. She had to be wrong, but she was not wrong. But I thought to myself, 
after I went through that process, then I went through another process, which was feeling ashamed and embarrassed because breast cancer, like unlike any other cancer, is the cancer where they give you steroids and all these other drugs to mitigate the effects of the chemo, where you just blow up. So not only are you dealing with a disease, now you're dealing with extra weight, you're lethargic, you're trying to be your best, you, you just, you get a little foggy in the brain, you're dealing with all this stuff, you know? And on top of all of that, now you have to figure out how to have a sense of normalcy when you go to work. So I never missed a day, but I never forget the day when my coworker said to me, you know what? I can't imagine why you would cut all your hair off. I used to love your thick, beautiful hair. And you look horrible. This is a coworker. I had to, after I fought back the tears, I said, you know what? No woman, maybe there are some who would cut off all their thick, beautiful hair. But most women would not. So when you see a woman with her, who is bald-headed, she's going through some things. And since you're my coworker, I'm gonna tell you, I'm going through breast cancer. And the chemo took my hair out and my eyebrows and my eyelashes. And that's why I look the way I look. He became one of my strongest supporters after I shared my story with him. So I knew that I had to pen this book and talk about looking well beyond breast cancer. It's a double entendre. The first part is yes, no matter whether it's the pandemic, whether it's a divorce, whether it's challenged with children, look beyond it. That's just a moment in time. It is not who you are. It is not your life. It's just a snapshot. And then the second part of that is I believe a woman should always look well, mm -hmm. period. No matter what you're doing, look well. Because I was scared before I started my journey because I went to the doctors and you see these women that look like they're about to die, they're ball-headed, they have all the color out of their face, they have no, they just look scary to me, like almost like aliens. And I made up in my mind that God says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I don't care what cancer has to say, Jesus Christ led captivity captive. So I'm going to be victorious. And in this, I'm going to tell my story and I'm going to pin it for others. I'm going to provide encouragement. So Looking Well Beyond Breast Cancer is my book. It's available on Amazon. I'm like always talking about it, always talking to women that, you know what? Women are amazing. You know, when God made Adam, he said it's good for him not to be alone. He made him a help me. That's who we are. That's what we do. You almost have to cut me off or give me a flag and say, Carmen's all right, enough already, <laughs> enough. I, but um, those are some of my efforts. And uh, mm -hmm. I've worked with doctors, so I know all the clinical trials that are going on. And that's a whole nother conversation. Whenever you get into a situation where you require health care, uh, I lost my best friend. We went to school all the way through college. Mm. And she passed away last year. Oh, wow. I'm and, so sorry. Um, thank you but she did not enroll in clinical trials. And mm. everybody has to make the decision for them. And no judgment. Some people just, I don't know, you know, they're here for a season. Like we all, we all have an right. expiration date. We're all going right. to go sometime. But there are things out there. That's why I'm an advocate. I always want to tell people like, you know what? You can get help. 
God wants you to live. He's done everything. He didn't even leave breathing up to us, right? Right. He put it in us so that we breathe naturally. You, that's just what God is all about, life. Wow. So live to the fullest. That's good. That's that's really good. So you, you talked a little bit, but what are some tips you can share for working moms for them to be an advocate for themselves? So you talk about the clinical trials, you know, but what else can we be doing to make sure that we're okay? Okay, clinical trials is one, but then you have to put together like your own clinical board, like your doctor board. Uh, I think moms do this really well when it comes to their kids. You find your pediatrician, you find your obstetrician, you know right away if somebody's gonna treat your child well or not, and you go right to the next office. Uh, the problem becomes you as a mom now have to make yourself a priority and put that same effort into getting medical care for yourself. That person has to match your values, your bedside manner. They have to meet your expectations as a mom. And if and when they don't, keep it pushing. Because guess what? Those doctors are going to go home and have their dinner and they're not even going to think about you again. You are all we have as a mom. You are the only mom these children have. You must, if you hear nothing else I say, you must take care of yourself. So that's a tip. Find a doctor that you can trust. I personally like female doctors, but there are some female doctors that can be a pill. So find what works for you. It would be the second tip. The third tip was, uh, and uh, Latika and I were talking about this, is that you know that as a mom, you're always giving, 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 giving. You're always pouring out to your children, to your husband, to your mom, to your family. And that's like pouring out virtue, just like that woman with the issue of blood. She came behind, Jesus knew something had gone out from him. And we are so busy living life, we forget that we are pouring out every day but we have to remember, just like Jesus Christ got quiet and got alone, even if you have to find a closet in your house that the kids don't know about, that you can go in and be quiet for a few minutes and center yourself and pray for yourself, of course, for your children and for your family, but for yourself, pour back into yourself. That is an important tip. And then just remember some basic things that you are a joint heir with Christ. If you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, then you know you're not in this alone. God promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. He either told the truth or lied. So when you feel lonely and you can be married and feel lonely, I'm married, I'm happily married. I have had lonely moments, but I know that's just the adversary. He's just trying to trick me into thinking that I don't have something that I already know that I have. So remember, you're never alone. You're an heir, you're a joint heir. You're not in this alone. And finally, another tip, just remember my favorite verse in the Ephesians about how God promises, this is a promise that you should write it out, that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And those are some adjectives and adverbs put together. And they don't even teach grammar in school anymore like that. But these are superlatives. It would be cool if it said that he's able to do above all we can ask or think. 
it would be great if it's if he if it just said he's able to do exceeding above but he can do exceedingly abundantly above so again you put him to the task i always when i pray to god i just say god you said it i didn't say it you said it and you promised it and now i need you to deliver and he always does he does. He always delivers. Always delivers. Wow, that is that is so good. I I love that. I I love what you said. Number three, pour back into yourself. Pour back into yourself. What are some things that you've done to pour back into yourself? Well, I. The first thing, and I don't, I can't say I do it every morning, but I certainly try. I try to get up before my husband and before the house to have that quiet moment. I need my cup of coffee and I need my Bible and I need quiet. I don't want anybody else moving. The second there's movement in the air, it disrupts my time. So I make sure I either have that time at some point of the day where I can just focus and center myself. I can get a scripture to be inspired. I also go for walks. I love to get outside and walk. And my neighbors laugh at me because I go out when it rains. I go out when it snows. I go outside because we have a lot of luxury. We live in these beautiful homes, these beautiful dwellings. But just imagine in the, in the garden, they just were out in nature. And there's something beautiful about being out in nature. Even if you hate bugs and you don't like the woods or anything like that, that Get comfortable with some place outside where there isn't as much concrete and there's a lot of trees because trees give off oxygen. That air, you will even notice when you walk into the woods or walk in a, a, a tree-lined area, the breathing is easier because the, the trees, the photosynthesis is giving you what you need. So make sure you are doing a little bit of that. And then I always make sure I do, I have my private, private or, or personal projects. Like I have my own office, my own space. And my mom always says, you have everything. I was like, my mom, you got to remember, I used to live in four walls and cook my food on a hot plate. So I didn't always have everything, but I've always had gratitude. So it doesn't matter where you are and what you have and what you don't have. You can be grateful. If you're breathing, you can be grateful. You're still here. You have an opportunity to acquire all that God has promised. So these are just some of the things that I do to pour back in myself. And then when I end the day, I try to remind myself to go, thank you, God, for this day. And thank you for something. I try to find something in every day that I'm grateful for and to have that last conversation because it's not promised that I'm going to wake up. Right. That is so good. I, I love that always being grateful, having a, a grateful attitude, um, having that private and personal space. That's something that I've definitely talked about here in the podcast, because, you know, um, especially during the pandemic, I realized I didn't have my own personal space. Um, you know, yes, I have my bedroom that my husband and I share, I have a closet that my husband and I share. I have a bathroom that my husband and I share, you know? Um, and we had an office that my husband and I shared. Like everything we shared, um, even cars. Like we, we don't have like your car, his car, you know, 
all of the cars are ours, you know, so we're, we're sharing everything. Um, even down to, I wear my husband's clothes. <laughs> I wear my husband's clothes. Oh my. I'd be like, oh, you don't need that. You don't need those sweatpants. I'll, I'll wear them. Um, oh <laughs> but you know, I didn't have my own. And so when the pandemic hit, I realized that was something that I was lacking and something that I needed. And so when you talk about pouring into yourself, I realized that I didn't have a space that I can pour in, you know, that will allow me to pour into myself, you know? And um, so in the podcast, I talked about that my house, um, we have an unfinished basement, but I said, Hey, we're using the unfinished basement for entertaining, like the kids' toys, my husband's, you know, man cave. And so it's set up, you know, really nicely. So why don't I do the same thing for myself and have a space for myself in the basement? And so that's what we did. You know, yeah. we bought some some furniture for a few pieces of furniture and set up a space for me to have space for myself, for me to do what I want. you know watch tv read bible reading i mean listening to the radio whatever i want to do in my space and that's so i just love how you said we have to do that we have to pour into ourselves we have to make sure that you know we can have a space that is private that's personal that we can always go back to um so thank you for 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 bringing that up for reiterating that um, that is so important for us to do that. Um, and I love what you said about walking. Yes, we're you good. Know. Both of us, we love the walk. We yes. Walking pals <laughs> and walking stories. <laughs> yes, I love, I love walking, even though my feet hurt. Um, you know, when you're doing, you know, those double digit miles per day. Um, but it's something about when, when you can go outside and you can just breathe, you know, it just, man. And you know, when my allergies are messed up, the best medicine for me is to go outside. Yes. When my allergies are messed up, I go outside and I just breathe. And in my front yard, we have a tree and then we have trees like all around us behind our house, like everywhere. So I just go out and I just breathe and I feel so much clearer when my allergies are all stuffed up, (laughs) you know, and it's just something about, you know, that oxygen, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. I was going to ask you now, do you wear the same shoes every day? Um, uh, when I go walking, yes. You have to have at least two pair of shoes and trade off every other day. Don't wear the same pair every day. Wear okay. one pair, then the next day wear the other pair. That will take off some of the uh, pressure off of your feet. Okay. So just a little tidbit. Thank uh, you. For the walkers out there. We're all moms. Yes. And you know, it's funny. If, if you get a pedometer and put it on as a, as a, as a mom, you take 10,000 steps without even before, yes. before yes. around the house with the kids, maybe not so much with the pandemic, but then they get out and walk. Yeah. You can put some miles on and it's just good for you. It's mm-hmm. just good for you. It is. It really is. So 
what was your Tabitha moment, Carmen? And if you're not familiar with Tabitha, Tabitha is a woman in the Bible who was serving her community. And I believe she served, served, served her community. And as she was serving, um, other people saw her good. But one day she fell ill and died. But because of her good works, the apostle Peter um, resurrected her. And then I can imagine she got back up and started working again. Um, So what was that moment where you became mentally, physically, or spiritually ill and realized, I can't do this anymore. I need to do something different. And you were able to do that. What was your tap at the moment? Boy, that's a good question. And um, as you say it, uh, you would think that I would have a moment, but the one I'm inspired to share uh, with you comes from a time when I had a my dream job, right? I'm in my dream dream job. I'm like, this is the company I'm going to retire from. I love what I do. Everything is great. My health was, uh, I was coming back up in my health. uh, And uh, it was over maybe 300 people doing the same job that I did. And I'm in sales. You probably can tell. I can talk. So we're ranked. And it's always my goal to be at the top. I've just, I don't know, I'm competitive. I want to win and I want to be the best. And I compete with myself. I really just compete with myself. But when they start giving out checks that are worth more than what some people make in a year, I'm one of those people. I want to make sure I get one of those checks. So I position myself to do a great job And I wound up going from like number 62 out of these 300 and some odd people to being number one. So what was my Tabitha moment? I'm on the stage. I could visualize it. I had said the year before, I am going to win the prize. I'm going to be the, um, we call them a uh, premier performer. They had bronze, gold, platinum, and then a diamond, right? So each year I had worked my way up. I had one bronze, I had one gold, but I wanted that platinum and that presidents. And I got it. And the crowd is there. And they're like, yeah, party. But I had a manager that hated my guts. And he saw to it every time he wanted to fire me and he had the opportunity to do it. So shortly thereafter, after winning all this money, getting the trip, winning the awards, they called us all in to say we were having a training. And in front of my team, I was called out, told to get my belongings. We were in a state that I won't name because then you'll know what company it is. I was uh, sent home and fired. Fired. Do you know how humiliating that is and embarrassing and hurtful? And I think I laid in the bed for about a week just crying. I don't think I had any more water in my body. I just cried and cried and cried and cried. And my husband said, you know, I don't know how long you plan to stay there, 
but baby, you got to get up. And I thought, I'm a prayer warrior and I pray, but sometimes you, you ever get in those situations where you can't even pray? You just so hurt. You can't even pray for yourself. You can't yeah. get in your groove. I was there. So that was my Tabitha moment. And God mm -hmm. inspired me to say, look, look at all that you did for that company. That was all within you. That's something I, God, put in you by way of Jesus Christ. They can never fire that. They didn't hire that and they can't fire that. So take your marbles, all your toys and go somewhere else and I will prosper you. And I went and volunteered at a place where people were let go from their jobs. Because I was humiliated and hurt, I knew what that felt like, I knew what that looked like and I could identify with it. So I volunteered my time to teach people how to recover from these just damaging situations that are set out to really destroy you and shake the merchandise out of you. And it was the most fulfilling thing ever. That was my Tabitha moment where I realized I have something to give. I have something to give. And that's what we as moms, as boss moms, on the Latika Bind show, that's what this show is all about. We have something to give. And if you need it, you can check out some of these episodes. <laughs> Thank you, Carmen. <laughs> I, I love that. We do have something to give. We, we do have something to give. And I love what you said, how you positioned yourself. You know, even though you, you know, were able to receive all of these things in your position um, at your company, you also positioned yourself at this volunteer organization where you were able to turn your hurt into somebody else's healing. Yes. yes you know, yes, yes, that is yes. so powerful, so, so powerful. And just a reminder that even if we are ever in that situation, whether we're fired, laid off, didn't get the promotion, didn't get the experience, our name wasn't called for that special project, we still have something special about us. Yeah, There's something that makes us different. So thank you so much for that reminder. I, I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. Tell us more about your book, Tell us where we can find it and also tell us where we can stay in touch with you. Oh, yes. Oh, well, let me say thank you for even having me. Um, Absolutely. And I, from the day I met you, I knew that we would at some point work together because you're just what I call <laughs> my kind of girl. Um, thank my you. kind of woman, type of professional really pouring into others. Like we, we, it's, it's easy to see. So my book is called Looking Well Beyond Breast Cancer. It's less than a hundred pages, but it's eight chapters. And I'm gonna just, I have it here in front of me. The first chapter is life happens, so live through it. The second chapter is the diamond mindset. The third chapter is what is your body telling you? The fourth chapter is DNA to your whole self. The fifth chapter is imagining the life you want. The sixth chapter is Purposeful Living. The seventh chapter is My Rose Colored Glasses Are Actually Pink. 
And the final chapter is write it down, review it often, and make it happen. You can purchase this book on Amazon, or we have to figure out how we can get this on the uh, Latika Bynes uh, podcast. Because if you get, if you go to Amazon right this minute and just put my name in, Carmen Brown Marshall, or Looking Well Beyond Breast Cancer, the book comes up and it's $58. My sister said, are you nuts? Who's going to pay $58 for a book? And why do you think you're worth it? Because in the back, it has an appendix for all these doctors in the uh, District of Columbia, Maryland, Virginia, New York, New Jersey, Boston, Texas, Chicago, doctors that I know personally who will care for you and who will really do well by you. I put their names uh, in there and at some point they'll be retiring or something, but I just thought this is what I wanted to do. And if you purchase the book or reference the Latika Vines podcast, this book is $30. So you can get the book through Latika for 30 bucks. I ship it out. I pay for shipping. I ship it to you with a lovely gift. You can also get the book on Amazon. I'm going to reduce the price soon. But, you know, when it came out, I said my first year, I'm keeping it at $58 because that's what I think it's worth. But. I have a website and it's just breastcancersurvivorship.com. You just put all those words together, breastcancersurvivorship.com. I have my website. You can purchase the book. It'll probably, you just go there and um, order the book that way. It'll probably push you back out to Amazon to order the book. I will also provide all my information to you, Latika, so that if you email me, I'm one of, I always say one is greater than a zero. If I sold one book, I would be happy. I wrote the book first for myself, second for my mother and my family, and third for other women going through it. I always have to read the dedication of the book that's right out front that talks about I've dedicated this book to anyone going through a challenge, needing to get to the other side. That's what the book is dedicated. If you're going through a challenge, this book is great. It's eight chapters. Each chapter is like its own little story. So it's not, even though it says looking well beyond breast cancer, I tell you in one chapter what I went through for breast cancer, but everything else is all that stuff that leads up to it. Just like David, you can't go out there against Goliath the first right. time out. You got to have some experience with the bear. You got to have some yeah. experience slaying the lion. And if you're a mom, you got some experiences. You yeah. got some things that you've dealt with that you have in your little box. So when you need to pull out a rock, you have it. Mm. So that's my book. And that's how you can get it. That is awesome. Thank you so much. And where can we follow you? You can follow me on my website, www.breastcancersurvivorship.com. It says, join us on the first link. Just go in and put your information. It even asks you, are you a survivor? Are you a supporter? Uh, are you an advocate? Uh, or just share your story. I hope to, uh, to highlight women who've been through it. Because I'm finding in, a, in the African-American community, the women diagnosed are younger and younger, which is crazy. Like breast cancer used to be for the middle age. I'm mm. finding women in their 20s diagnosed with 
triple negatives, which is, that's a whole nother story that I'm not going to get to, but that's how you can follow me. That is awesome. You know, I, I just thought about this. Um, I, I would definitely have to share your book with uh, my family because uh, on my father's side, um, breast cancer is prevalent. Mm. Um, it's, 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 when I tell you it's crazy, um, my aunt, who is my father's brother, I mean, father's sister, um, was diagnosed, I want to say it was five years ago, mm-hmm. diagnosed with, with breast cancer, and she did catch it early, um, but it was seven prior aunts and cousins that were not able to catch it early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, and it's a lot of confusion about when to get tested. Your mammogram is an Mm x-ray. That is the test that helps them find breast cancer at its early possible stage. But here's another fact. Your breast density, breast density, just say that, breast density. When you get your mammogram, you must ask them, what is my breast density? Why must you ask that? Because you either have a one, two, a three, or four. One is a fatty, one is slightly fatty, one is uh, dense, and then heterogeneously dense. So it goes from being a fatty breast to a heterogeneously dense breast. If you have dense breast tissue, you need supplemental screening, which is in the form of an ultrasound. So a mammogram alone is not enough, but healthcare is a business. They're not gonna give you an ultrasound unless you advocate for it, unless you say, wait a minute, I'm dense. The laws state that because I have dense breasts, I must be personally imaged which means I need an ultrasound. And the best way to make this stick with you is the shade of lipstick is red, but all of us can't wear the same red lipstick. We each need the one that's right for us. It's the same thing when it comes to your healthcare. You need to be personalized. So if you have, uh, and I might add, there is no history of breast cancer in my family, right? I have two sisters, a, a mother, my mother's one of 13, I have aunts, nobody had breast cancer. I'm taking care of myself. I'm eating right, I'm doing all those things. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do any of that stuff. But I got breast cancer. Number one risk factor, being a woman. Number two, there's so much they don't know. So you start at age 40, but if you have a familiar history, you have to find out that means in your immediate mother, Mm -hmm. father, aunts, in that first line, If your aunt got breast cancer at 42, you need a baseline at 32. You don't need a mammogram every year, but you need a baseline so that when you get to 40, they can track you differently. This is a conversation that maybe with the International Association of Women, Mm -hmm. organizations you're a part of, we can Mm -hmm. explore further. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree. This is definitely a conversation that we need to have in the coming months. Yes. I'm yeah. already volunteering. Uh, 
<laughs> yes, I, I definitely agree. And and that's that's so important that you said that because when I found out that my aunt had breast cancer, um, of course, her daughter, you know, needed to go to the doctor, you know, to make sure and start hers, um, her screening, even though she wasn't 40 yet. Yeah. She's not, she's still not 40, but you know, yeah. she had to start that process early. Um, and so what's really funny, it's not funny, but my doctor said, Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, but that's my aunt. Like if, right. if it's, if this is something that's prevalent on my father's side of the family, isn't this something that I need to, you know, just not be, you know, so overly concerned about, but it needs to be something in my radar that I need to pay attention to. And she said, no. And I said, I think I should, <laughs> you know, I think I should, I think I need to make sure I think of everything, you yeah. know? Um, and so that's just a perfect example of, you know, being aware, talking to your family, Yes, you know, knowing what's happening, um, but also, you know, making sure that you can have those co honest conversations with your doctor and yeah. say, hey, I think this is what I need to do. Even though you may not agree with it. I know you, you went and spent the years and got your medical degree, but yep. I, I, I know a little bit about myself. I know a little bit more than you do when it comes to my body. And this is right. what I'm feeling. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate that reminder. I, I really do appreciate that reminder. And I appreciate you being here. Thank you. And you said something that I love. You said many things. But never forget that you're the expert on your body. Yes. You're the expert. You're, they're not the expert. They are practicing medicine. And they yes. are practicing on you. But we want to get to those doctors who are good at listening. And if you walk in the room and you're telling them what your situation is an issue and they're not even looking up and they're just writing stuff and I already got a prescription ready for you, maybe you need to look for a new doctor. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. It's I hard to wind down agree. from this conversation because <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot we can uh, talk about, but um, you don't want your sessions to be so long. People don't listen. <laughs> Well, thank you, Carmen, so much for being here. Thank you for being on the show. And I just look forward to sharing with everyone your book and having the opportunity to really get to know you more, get to um, understand what your story is, and truly be able to look well beyond breast cancer. So thank you for being here. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you all for being here for another episode of Latika Vine Show. And I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Thank you so much for joining today's show. It is my hope that you gained at least one tangible tip to help you balance life and grow in your career. I get it. Trust me. Being a working mom has its hard moments, but 
it is possible for you to lead and grow your career and balance life. And in this show, we will continue to talk about it. But before you go, don't forget to check out the show notes for all the highlights, links, and anything else that was mentioned during today's show, because those tips are going to help you make sure that you can balance life and lead and grow your career. Well, until next time, stay well, remember that you are enough, and that God has you covered. See you next time.